This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Chris Ralph, Executive Director of Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts, and actor Tom Frosty Frostman, who is integral to the first play. Today we'll be talking about the upcoming season with a focus on July's production of The Shadow of the Hummingbird. Folks, welcome back to the Valley Views. It's very exciting to be here. It's Thank good you. to be here. Thank you for your support. You've uh, been here before, of course. So, uh, uh, Chris, how did the year of COVID affect Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, this is your 29th year. I mean, that's a long time. It is a long time, and we've been basically closed since last March, which has never happened, of course, before, and very grateful for the support of the community through the Spirit Campaign and various grants that we got to be able to continue just our normal operations as we waited out this pandemic to see what would happen. And of course, it was ever-changing as we got closer when the vaccine came out and how things are always changing. So every week, it's, we're kind of updating the policies. I can appreciate that. Now, of course, there are revenue implications with your group as you've got building fees and maintenance uh, that don't have the offsetting income. But what about the actors? How did they make it through the year without a stage to play on? Well, that was, I think it was really tough on the actors. They were able to do with the radio station, which was wonderful, a Christmas we, play. We did do the Christmas play. The Christmas play, mm-hmm. which kind of was helpful in sort of everyone's psyche, and started to get excited and think about what we might be able to do, a, you know, maybe three months ago. We've been talking about how we could do a season, how we could do live theater, and starting off with. Frosty's play, which is wonderful with just two people and two people who know each other in the same family is a great way to have live theater because, of course, that's kind of the last thing that can really happen, having people so close and acting together with COVID. It is a challenge. I know we do a lot of music, but it's easier to do. You can space people out. They stay on the microphone the whole time. Actors are moving around and uh, interacting. Frosty, how was your year without theater in it? Like everybody, so much of our world just came to a standstill. It's almost as if we were in a time warp. And we missed the connections. We missed the connections with family, with friends, and of course with the community theater. We missed our connection with the theater family and the opportunity to do one of the things that those of us who get on the stage love to do, and that's to be somebody else and entertain people. And uh, so it's it's been a struggle to get through it, but we count our blessings, and we are so blessed to have good health and family around us to support us. And now we have the additional blessing of being able to get back into the real world without fearing the COVID thing quite as much. Exactly. Chris, now Shakespeare is coming up this year as it usually does, but it's a little later this year. What What is your schedule? And of course, everyone knows the Silver West feed store has new ownership and maybe things are going to be a little different. Maybe not. Well, we're very grateful to have a great relationship with them starting off and we've moved Shakespeare 
into the late July, August time period, just to give us as much time as possible to get people you know, vaccinated and, and the rules changing and figure out how to, to do a bigger production. And gratefully, we've been able now to have people act together more often, especially since they'll all, with the vaccine, they'll all be able to be in the same space. We've had to be really flexible and try to figure this out because it's very different this year. Shakespeare is Thursday, Friday, Saturday this year and is late July up to mid-August, as I recall. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we're kind of sharing the stage because we've got Sunday in the Park on those Sundays where you normally would have a show. That's right. So we've had to really be flexible this year, do something different, and to try to figure this out, how we can do it as safely for the actors and for the audience. So buying as much time as possible for a bigger production and having it as late as possible in the summer. And of course, that gives our Sunday performers the opportunity to be on stage with the Shakespeare set. That's right. (laughs) So, Chris, coming up is your first performance that Frosty's involved with. Uh, What are the dates on that? That's going to be July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd at 7 p.m. And that'll be at the Jones? At the Jones, and then with a matinee on the 4th of July at 2. Okay. Frosty, this is a two-actor play. Tell us a bit about how it was chosen, you know, why it's of intrigue to you. Your counterpart is your grandson. That's got to be exciting. It is exciting. And when I referred a few minutes ago to the many blessings that we have in life, one of them is the opportunity for me personally to be on stage with my 13-year-old grandson, Max, who lives in South Burlington, Vermont. And you are playing grandfather and grandson in the play. We are indeed. <laughs> when when I was doing the search uh, for a play that would be appropriate during the COVID season, because at the time we had no idea if this was going to happen or not, but we did know that if it was going to happen, it had to be small scale, it had to be fairly simple, and it had to be done in an environment that was safe for the audience as well as for the actors. So I began a search, and I started really small. I just said, okay, show me what you have for two people. And there aren't a whole lot of plays out there for two people, but Mm -hmm. this one did pop up, caught my eye, caught my attention. And The Shadow of the Hummingbird is about a relationship between a grandfather and his 13-year-old grandson. And my grandson, Max, in the last year has really become excited about being on stage and doing live theater. And so I said, why not? Let's give this a try. I'll call Max's family, see how they feel about uh, him being in a production in Westcliff, Colorado with his grandfather. And they were very excited about it, very supportive. And they have been very supportive through this whole process. So it... It evolved into something that required uh, a lot of rethinking about normal preparation for doing a live theater production, not the least of which was Max and I could not be together physically to practice. So thank goodness there is Zoom. And starting about in January, we began weekly Zoom sessions, reading our lines and talking about the blocking and all that goes into it. And of course, the the big stumbling block is the blocking. You can't block zooming. Exactly. It's really hard. I can picture you can talk about it, but there's something about being there 
have you had a chance to meet face-to-face in this process yet? Not in the process. So that's the other challenge that's coming up. This whole thing is very exciting because it's such an experiment. Mm-hmm. But I'm optimistic. I feel good about it. But Max will be flying out here from Vermont at the end of June. And we will have four days to put it together on the stage. That'll uh, keep it exciting. Besides the obvious that the play mirrors your own situation with your grandson, what is it about the play that appeals to you once you get into reading the lines and seeing the scenes? Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with how much I resonate with the author of the play. Athol Fugard is probably the most uh, acclaimed playwright from South Africa. He's an older gentleman in his 80s, and when he wrote the play in 2014, uh, he had no intentions of acting in the play. He had not been on the stage himself for 15 years, but when he put the finishing touches on the play, he said, I've got to do this. And as I read through the play, I realized that the old man and I had a lot in common, uh, not the least of which was his fascination with the innocence of childhood and the whole question about why do we lose that as we get older? Why do we lose all that excitement about everything in our lives being real? So I I shared that and and I shared that kind of experience with my grandson as he grew up and uh, told him a lot of makeup <laughs> stories when he was very small. And he, co- he, of course, believed everything was real. And that's the whole point of the play, that more is real than not real. And we must not lose that. It'll be nice to get back to live theater because it's been quite a while. Now, as I was looking at your theater bio, I noticed one of your early forays in the theater was Almost Maine, which coincidentally we've just had on the air from the high school Uh, What do you recall about that play? What I really liked about that play was the way the ensemble came together, different couples, different characters, seemingly independent and void of uh, a connection. But in the end, it became clear that this was a community of people, not just uh, separate individuals. So I enjoyed doing that play. And the other, you referred to the, the coincidence with the local group doing it, The other coincidence is my grandson, Max, has just finished doing that as well (laughs) with his school group. They did a series of mini plays and scenes from plays, and he actually did a little scene from Almost Maine. So he and I have been in the same play, different characters, decades apart. (laughs) Now, you've been in things like On Golden Pond, Tuesdays with Maury. What's your favorite role? I would have to say Tuesdays with Maury. It it was another two-person play. And again, I resonated so much with the character of Maury. Uh, And it was a very very touching play and a very interesting play in terms of the relationship between a professor and one of his students. Frosty, as we think about this play, is there an encapsulation that captures what the play is about? Yeah, I think a uh, a review from the New York Times answers that question best, and I'll, I'll read the review very short. To lose yourself in the imagined universe of a play is perhaps one way of retaining a sliver of the innocence Mr. Fugard's opa so cherishes. 
Opa is the grandfather. We'll look forward to the production of The Shadow of the Hummingbird. And again, that's July 1st through 4th. That's correct. Chris, any any thoughts about uh, tickets, uh, anything the audience needs to know? Um, well, we're only going to be selling half the house. So there will be 60 tickets available per performance just because of COVID. And we're just being very cautious for our first live performance. So I would urge people to check the website or call the office for how we're going to be doing the tickets. Okay, that sounds good. Now, Chris, you've acted yourself. Are, <laughs> are you a passionate actress? Or? I am. I do really enjoy being in a show when I have time, but I increasingly have spent more time running the front of the house for shows and doing that kind of backstage things, which is fun, too. What's the, what's the role you'd love to play if you had the opportunity? Oh, gosh, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> Maybe be in Shakespeare sometime okay. would be fun. Okay. So, Chris, Shakespeare this year will be Much Ado About Nothing. Is that play cast, and are you set uh, both in front of the stage and behind the stage? Right now it is cast, and we are set for this season for Shakespeare. I remember seeing a production of Much Ado uh, with the Guilford players outside of London, and one thing, they all had great British accents. Right. I, I, I can't understand it. But I must say the, the Beatrice and Benedict are classic characters in theater. I would think whoever gets to play those parts is looking forward to it. And I, and I think uh, Chris Tabb is, yes. is, mm-hmm. is probably uh, Benedict. Huh? Yes, and, uh, and it'll be a lot of fun, and, it, and we're going to do some different twists with the costumes. So it's, it's going to be a, a fun production. Remind us when Shakespeare is going to show up here in the Valley. It will start the last weekend of July, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and run through mid the mid-August. And can you uh, help us get Chris and a, another person or two in before that time so we can talk on this program? Absolutely. <laughs> that, that's one of our uh, favorite interviews uh, with uh, Dan, Dan Heaster and Chris Tabb talking about Shakespeare and uh, Moliere and whoever's up that year. That's right. They really love it. Frosty, any final thoughts as we run short of time? Just excited about doing this with my grandson and so very grateful to the radio station for your support and to the community for their support. We, it's just exciting to even think about live people coming through the door and enjoying live theater again on the stage. So thank you. Chris, any final thoughts on the theater? I just we really appreciate all the support and patience of the community as we try to get this down and reopen and also ace is having a benefit golf tournament for us june 18th and we'd love to have people come out and play golf and they just need to contact ace about getting a team together and we're really grateful to them too for the support and they've done that before for you with uh, great results as i recall yes they have they're it's been wonderful paul winky and sarah and just been great to help us. Uh, Frosty and Chris, thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much for having us. We enjoyed. We have been visiting with Chris Ralph, Executive Director of Westcliff Center for the Performing Arts, and actor Tom Frosty Frostman. We have been talking about uh, Shakespeare and also the first play of the season, right at the 1st of July, The Shadow of the Hummingbird. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. 
Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow.